Welcome back to the one, two Kentucky blue podcast. I'm your host coach, John Spurlock. Thank you so much for tuning in today on today's episode. I have our current coaching assistants, Jim Meyer, Nick Singleton, and Mr. Peyton Brown. This group of young strength coaches have done a phenomenal job for us. And each one of them started off as a summer intern and earned a coaching assistant position on our staff. Today's episode is really just a recorded version of our weekly meeting. They sit down with me one time per week and we discuss whatever is planned on their development curriculum. So you'll hear us talk through their programming project assignment and we discuss the fourth habit in the book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. To learn more about these two activities, you can listen to episode 67 of, of this podcast and you'll hear me talk through just the overall development of our young strength coaches. Also, episode 53, that is where I break down our programming project. Episode 34, that's where I discuss our leadership readings. And of course, the habits book is included. I always have a solid time sitting down and talking with this crew, and I hope you enjoy our conversation. Yeah. Did you do uh, Work Capacity Wednesday? Doing it after this. I'm looking at you, Singleton. What'd you get? 243. 243 yeah d uh 241 was d's time back in the day he said wow that's moving man i was i was unbroken on all wow yeah brown 448 that's still pretty good I was happy to ask for sure. oh yeah I, I would be too i could not I, what i've come to realize is that i cannot string together pull-ups like i used to be able to like I got through the 21 and the 15 and then for the nines, I'm like, okay, now I feel like my shoulders are loose enough to kind of string more than five together. So reality check for me is I'm not as young as I used to be. And I got to focus more on my mobility, especially warming up for a workout like that. Two, what'd, what'd you say? butterfly no never been able to do that no i mean maybe like three in a row but not like d could do it d D could knock out like 21 of them yeah yeah Yeah. he did it he got a good time too what did he get 421 421 i just man what was my time like seven minutes 752 yeah man oh now i'm feeling real bad about myself well we'll get through it live and learn um were you on the ground for a while singleton or were you like i could do another workout it messed me up a little bit yeah it definitely messed me up a little bit yeah i was like my elbows were stuck bent oh yeah quads were all lit up from the thrusters the thrusters the thrusters is the burner the pull-ups are hard but it's like your lungs get going yeah crazy if you can just hold on to the pull-up bar that's the best thing to think through like you're gonna pull yourself up there but as soon as you let go, it's like jumping back up there. It that's um, mentally that's the tough part. The last round when I got to nine and I went to jump, I like barely made it up and like grabbed the bar with my fingertips. Yeah. Like, um, I'll have to show you a video. So if you guys ever heard of the Arnold's that happens in Columbus, yes. so I did ended up doing Fran there once, but like the pull up bar was like just at arm's reach like 
And it was just the easiest thing ever. I didn't have to jump up to the pull-up bar. It was just kind of get on my tippy toes and then knock it out. And that was that was probably my best time in that workout. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a dude. It's a tough one. All right. Well, we're recording. We're gonna roll right into it, and I'll do the like the intro and outro afterwards. But let's start with um quick intros and singleton. We're gonna do you last so you can um explain what your new position is going to be so Meyer let's start with you let's go where are you from education thus far and where you've been before UK so I'm originally born and raised in the Philippines for my first 16 years uh, moved to Ohio my sophomore year of high school went to Salina high school um that's where I met my girlfriend then went to undergrad at the University of Findlay Got my bachelor's in strength and conditioning and interned with their weight room for two years. Um, and then I interned at FC Cincinnati after that for the 2023 season for about three months. And then right here at the University of Kentucky for the summer internship that summer. Talk through FC Cincinnati real quick. What, what was kind of your role with them? My role with them was um, specifically just staying with the strength and conditioning coach in the weight room. They had um, a lot of people working in sports performance, but I was mostly in charge of all the weight room stuff. So um, helping set up for pre-training activation exercises, running them through some warm-up groups, um, post-practice. They had some workouts that I would help set up for and help run as well for some of the rehab guys on the first team and the second team and um, just doing all the other little stuff like checking their hydration levels, um, helping out set up cones at the field, hurdles, anything warm-up wise there. And just yep. learning as much as I can what goes on. And let's, let's throw in um, what's your why? Why did you decide you wanted to get into this profession? Um, well, Starting from the Philippines, you know, I played soccer for 13 years, and that's the only sport I ever played, played all year, every year. And the biggest thing I lacked was the physical aspect, where I, I was never the biggest, strongest, fastest player. And I never really had a coach to help me improve in all of that, um, whether that was in high school or college. No one really helped me learn what I lacked in. And so I want to be that person moving forward for athletes like me, where, you know, that might be the ne the next step to get to the next level in their sport. I like it. But you weren't always the fastest or the strongest, but you've always had the best uh, diet, correct? I tried. When I was playing, <laughs> yes. When I was playing, yes. Right. Not much after. All right. Um, Brown, let's go to you. Yeah, so I am from Grayson, Kentucky. I'm a local. Um, college degree from Morehead State University in exercise science. That's where I got my bachelor's. And then I actually recently finished an online master's program through University of Florida in applied physiology and kinesiology there. Took about a year, so that was good. Do you consider yourself a Gator since it was, you know, you got your degree there, but it was online. What's your thought? You know, I claim it technically, but no. I wouldn't say I'm a Gator. I was never really a humongous Florida fan growing up. I who, are you, who are you cheering for last night? UK versus Florida? Uh, yeah. You There's know? one answer. There's one answer, Brown. We're recording. <laughs> University. For sure. There you go. Um, 
but yeah, technically I am an alumni. <laughs> as far as past experiences, um, immediately after I graduated, I did a internship with Marshall University Olympic Sports Department. A lot of fun there. Following that summer, I went to Clemson, did an internship with their Olympic sports as well. And then right after that, had my first actual coaching role at Morehead State University, where I got my bachelor's, um, was in charge of a few teams there, including women's soccer, uh, cheer, cross country, helped out a lot with basketball too. And then now I'm here, I'm at the University of Kentucky, uh, did the summer internship, stayed along for the CA shift. It's been great. Yep. So let's talk about your why. Why did you decide you wanted to get into strength and conditioning? Yeah, honestly, for a long time in college, I wasn't sure what I was going to do. Um, at times, I'm a little indecisive in that aspect. But when I was reflecting on, honestly, what I felt like or where I felt like I got the most fulfillment, um, it was always being on a team. It was being in a team environment. Um, the people who had impacted me the most in life um, a lot of times came through uh, teams. My dad was a coach. My brother is currently a coach. Uh, my mom, she was also, she was always a teacher. And just seeing how they were able to like impact kids and like uh, my dad impacting the athletes he always worked with. I felt like a strong calling to do something similar. Um, I think college is such a hard time. It was very difficult. I really enjoyed college, but also um, I felt like I could hopefully provide a positive impact to athletes um, in that manner. And then along with that, I loved exercise science. I loved strength and conditioning. And I was taking a class my senior year of college in the strength conditioning uh, department. And I just started thinking, this seems like something I could be interested in. It seems like something I could see myself doing. And I was like, I'm going to try it out. So then I, I got the internship at Marshall, loved it. And uh, here I am. I've been doing it ever since. So. That's awesome. What sport did your dad coach? He was a football coach. He football. also coached high school, too. As well. What was that second one? He coached football, and then he also coached track. Gotcha. Awesome. Singleton. Let's talk about where you're from, education, where you've been before, and then lead into uh, the exciting news you told us earlier this week. Yeah, of course. Uh, so grew up in Wheaton, Illinois. I was a student athlete at Marquette University. Studied exercise science, played lacrosse up there. Um, Post-graduation, kind of been on a crazy journey of, of life, bouncing around a couple different things, and had some life circumstances that um, led me down this path. Um, that I won't get into, but um, was down at Colorado State post-graduation, working with their football team, was in the weight room, helping out with, on the recruiting side of things. Um, when that internship was done, I went and worked as a personal trainer at a gym for a little while, and that was when COVID hit, and I was trying to break my way back into athletics at the time. Um, ended up taking a job working at a Chick-fil-A, actually, for about a year. I don't know if I've ever told you that. Coach I don't think so, no. Yeah. I worked at Chick-fil-A during COVID. For that wasn't that wasn't on your resume. Nope, didn't put it on there. It's more just a talking point at this point. <laughs> um, but uh, I worked at Chick-fil-A. I was a director in a store, realized that chicken wasn't going to be the path for me long term. Um, and so did that. Um, transition kind of took a half step back in athletics, working for Fellowship of Christian Athletes at the University of Denver. Um, 
did that for a year and then got a job working at Boston College um, on the student athlete development side of things. Um, so career development and personal development, community outreach, um, did that. And then I'd never really gotten the chance to truly see through the strength and conditioning side. Like I said, I studied exercise science and um, wanted to see this opportunity through. So um, obviously applied for the summer internship and I've been on as a GA or a CA um, here through the year. And I think my whole journey, I've my whole time back to when I was a student athlete, they're similar to what Peyton was saying. There's been a lot of people that invested into me specifically during my time at Marquette. Um, and those people had an impact on me in a way that um, I'm very grateful for. Um, and I, I've been on a mission ever since trying to figure out the best path for me to go down to, to have a similar impact and help student athletes set student athletes up for success on and off the field. And, um, through all my experiences, I've learned that back to that student athlete development side of things, that that is the path for me long term. And um, so, to to your what you said about the news, uh, I just recently accepted a position working in student athlete development at Clemson University. Um, so excited to start that here in about a month, um, make the transition down. But um, yeah, grateful for every stop along the way. Um, so. Yeah. So obviously we're very proud of you. We've told you that we're excited for you. Would you know any details about the position? Like um, specifically maybe teams you're going to be working with, or is it kind of the athletic department wide? Yeah. So the student athlete development department at Clemson, it's a, a team of four people plus a GA. Um, so I, I'll be one of two other assistant directors. Um, we have our assistant AD of student athlete development uh, overseeing the whole department and then a, a GA and some student workers as well. Um, we, the so whatever, that five, six, seven of us, um, we're serving the entire 19 teams uh, at Clemson. Awesome. Like I said, the, the personal development, leadership development, um, community outreach, and some different areas, some additional areas on top of that. But um, we're kind of overseeing all that for all the student athletes, just providing them opportunity to develop in a holistic manner. Um, and it's, it truly is the life space uh, is just, again, through my interview process and um, conversations with them and how they try to do it, every, because every place does it a little bit differently. Yep. Uh, they truly try to make it the life space where it's, it's not about, um, they try and separate from the field, separate a little bit from academics in the sense of, um, we're here to help you help to set you up for life during your time at Clemson, but also beyond um, whatever you're done playing your sport, um, whether you play professionally or, or not, um, just set you up for that time as well. So it, it'll be, a, yeah, it'll be busy. There's gonna be a lot of, obviously a lot of teams to, to serve um, in that role, but I'm excited to be a part of the team and dive into providing resources for student athletes develop. That's awesome. Well, I'm gonna throw the next question to back to you singleton so but all three of you have been with us since june we're now just starting february where do you think you have grown the most since the summer yeah as i was thinking through this question one thing for me that i've again as i mentioned my journey's been crazy i've bounced around to a few different states um i uh and even i like i got married back in june of 2021 and my wife and I, we've, we've been bouncing around together. And I think um, as we've thought about 
just the journey we've been on and specifically since this past summer, I think what I've learned the most is um, somebody just being, what I've learned the most is just being patient and being right where, where my feet are. Um, I, I, like I said, I've been trying to figure out the, the best path for myself and for my wife and I to go down and, and where to be and then all those things. Um, and at times I'm impatient in that. Um, but I've learned and, and feel like I've taken a big step in, in that since the summertime of, I tried to just be right where my feet are here at Kentucky, um, and invest in the relationships, invest in the connections that I've made. Um, and I think the, the, what comes from that is you have the opportunity to really truly maximize the opportunity in the, the place that you are, um, and get the most out of it in a way that ultimately allows you to learn what it is that you want to do and, and maybe a, a pivot that you want to make um, or a, a different step that you want to take. So um, that's been the biggest thing that I've learned is just patience and, and being where your feet are. Good stuff. Meyer, how about you? Definitely the biggest area I feel like I've grown the most in is just my overall confidence on and off the floor. There's obviously always room for improvement still, but comparing myself today to a year from now or a year ago, just I feel completely different. I feel a lot more confident in allowing my past experience and my current experience to help drive my decisions now. And I feel really good at this point in time. I love it because you need that confidence because Gibby might be out the door any minute and then you're just yes. filling in his shoes. Yep. Yep. Brown, how about you? Yeah, I think I've grown the most um, in just leading myself. I know we talk about that a lot. In order to lead others, you have to lead yourself. And I feel like before coming to the University of Kentucky, I was very scatterbrained, um, a little bit disorganized at times. And I think this place has helped me get a grasp on all the other aspects of our job. It's not just creating programs. There's a lot of behind the scenes things and I feel much more accomplished um, in my days here, especially as the years went on, just getting work done, staying on top of my uh, stuff, maintaining organization. And with that being said, I feel like it's carried over a lot in my personal life. I'm just being disciplined in other areas and it's helped me a lot. Um, just as a person, I feel like I've developed currently here just learn out of you guys and stuff. We'll get into that a little bit about, and we can use you as an example as we talk through, but we'll, I want to go into the programming project next, kind of talk through where you guys are at there, but then we'll revisit habits one, two, and three and really hammer in habit four. Sound good? And then I think that will be a good uh, segue from what you just said, Brown, about leading yourself and growing up and maturing, staying organized and all that stuff. So let's go in and Singleton, we're going to skip you because you're going to be out of here pretty soon. Sounds good. <laughs> so you don't need this. Um, but Brown Meyer, let's just talk general questions about what you sent me this past week in regards to your programming project. You guys got any general questions or you want me to just roll with what comments I have? I think general question for me is 
realistically in season, how much are you actually getting done? I feel like I'm finding myself doing too much in the project and I'm not going to have time for it. Um, especially when you're adding in the speed, agility, conditioning, along with weights. Yeah, I, you know, looking at what you have down on paper, I don't think it's too much. Um, you just might not be able to do, and you probably shouldn't be doing a ton of volume with it. Um, so you, what you sent me, you have footwork, agility, or footwork, and, you know, short sprints and starts um, on the different days. You just can't expect that you're going to spend, you know, 15 to 20 minutes on that. That's probably going to be a, I don't know, five to 10 minute deal. Does that make sense? So I think what you have planned is good. I feel like you check a lot of the boxes. And then obviously, as you would take a team through a program, there's going to be some days where you might have to emphasize something else. Maybe it's a day that you're going heavy on hex bar deadlift, that's you're doing little to no footwork, plyos, agilities, or speed work that day. Gotcha. Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. Good. Meyer, what do you got from generally speaking? General questions, none. Just wanted to get your thoughts overall on what I sent. Yeah, so let's look at yours. I, I Once again, I think you got what you have down is good. Um, notes that I have for you is I would add um, a single leg movement, some sort of lunge, split squat, step up, because you have your front squat in there that you do on day one. You got some good hamstring work. I feel like you're good from a, a push-pull perspective. But I would add um, some sort of single leg movement in there that outside of like a single leg RDL or a single leg glute bridge. Yes. Okay. Does that make sense? That makes sense. Um, other notes I have for you is you got three week cycle plan planned. It looks like there is like a two week cycle in there at some point. Yes. Um, and when you go from cycle one to cycle two, there is. You, you adjust some things, which makes sense. Um, but then as you go throughout the rest of the cycles, there's very slight changes. And the example I'll give you is like, I think the only difference between cycle two and cycle three's movements are you go from a, uh, alternating dumbbell bench press to a single arm dumbbell bench press. Um, unless you have some other thoughts, like a lot of the times, just for simplicity's sake, I'll just put... So you're coupling that with like a landmine RDL or single leg RDL. So I would put just like after that, if I'm coupling that and my bench press movement together, I would put like dumbbell bench variation. And then on the left side, I would write out, you know, alternating dumbbell bench or single arm dumbbell bench. Does that make sense? And that yeah. way I don't have to, you know, have a completely new cycle or template um, having a two or three week template, I can just make it a normal four week template. If that's like the, the, the only slight difference that I'm doing. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes, that makes sense. Thank you. And then, um, you know, we talked about you guys doing some sort of a performance testing during the end season and you got your agility test in there and Brown, I'm going to ask you the same question, but talk through why you chose the dates that you did for the agility test. And what, and just so everybody out there, did you choose 510.5? Yeah, I chose 510.5. Okay. So talk through why you chose those dates, Meyer. Why I chose those dates is um, just looking through the important matches. I had those labeled down. So um, obviously, you wanted to get the max 
heavy strength day in as well as the agility day in. And so just spacing those out between dates where either they only play an important Friday match or one match per weekend rather than two matches per weekend. That way we can save their legs going into that weekend and especially on weekends where they don't compete at all. Just trying to make sure I schedule those out correctly where they're not going into a two-match weekend too fatigued or too overworked. Sounds good. Brown, why don't you just answer that same question now? Why did you choose the dates that you, you did for the agility test? I chose those dates because they weren't uh, performing or playing those weeks. So I figured they could have the beginning of the week kind of rest up test at the end of the week, five to five tests, not going to be super strenuous and should be able to turn around pretty easily for the following week when they actually perform. And then just like you mentioned, going to test them there and not going to worry about it towards the end of the season when they're actually um, competing in like SECs and uh, NCAAs after that. So I wanted to time it up to where I wouldn't have to worry about testing on like the last three weeks. Gotcha. Um, so Brown, let's move into your program. Um, first thing that sticks out is you you're alternating safety bar squat with hex bar deadlift. Does that sound accurate? Yep. I and I, I think you go too heavy, too fast with the hex bar deadlift. Okay. So you go, you start off with safety bar squat, then you go hex bar deadlift. You're getting up to 65%, which is not that heavy, but then the next time you do hex bar deadlift, you get up to 80%. Mm -hmm. So we need, since you haven't seen them for quite a while, I would gradually try to build that up. Does that make sense? Yep. So I think a suggestion I would throw at you is that first week, they don't have any competitions. So if you want a safety bar squat them, you know, be mindful of the volume and intensity, but the next day also do hex bar deadlift as well. Okay. So you're getting them acclimated back to that, um, but to both movements. Cool. Um, then I would just slow roll that intensity, especially on that week four. I probably wouldn't work up to 80% that quickly. Gotcha. Um, what else did I have for you, Brown? Uh, one thing that will help me better see your progressions if you fill in the top. So you got everything listed down on the side. So just help me see your progressions or how you're getting from point A to point B a little bit better by feel, filling in the, the top section of the master template. Um, but I thought, I really thought the movements that you chose were solid. Um, from your lat jumps to your band assisted jumps, single leg squats, you know, your pull downs. I like the TRX horizontal pull ups, the two to one. So I feel like you check all your boxes. Um, then Meyer, just like I said, I think the one thing you need to think through is just adding that single leg component. Absolutely. Sound good? Yep, sounds good. You guys got any questions on that before we move on? No, I think you answered really well. Awesome. Actually a question I had, so. Cool, cool. All right, so this is the first time we're talking about the habits this semester. So let's get into that. Um, you know, one note I have on here, and each time we – go over this talk with our CAs. We talked through, um, you know, habits four, five, and six, but just wanted to revisit habits one, two, and three, because it's been a minute since we've sat down and talked through this. So it's been the summer since we formally sat down and talked through habits one, two, and three. Who remembers habit one? Be proactive. 
Be proactive. Have a two. Begin with the end in mind. Oh, crushing it. Three. Put first things first. Oh, crushing it, guys. So really kind of going back to what Peyton said about how he's grown so much this summer is like those first three habits are all about self-discipline, leading yourself, and then essentially becoming an independent entity of our, our of our strength staff. So nobody has to hold your hand. Nobody has to get the schedule set for you. You keep your teamwork updated. You know the task work that you got to complete. And um, you're able to do all that on your own and not have anybody have to look over you and micromanage you. Um, now, as you guys have started reading Habit 4, what's your initial thoughts as you got into those next three habits, habit four, which is win-win. I think it's a good transition from applying concepts to just ourselves, then putting that into others as well. Thinking about, you know, applying it to athletes and other coaches we work with. I think that's the biggest thing is habits one, two, and three help you lead yourself. Know that you have the self-discipline. Um, to get done what you need to get done. Then as we get into four, five, and six, it's all about you becoming interdependent, being able to work with others, come up with solutions. Um, when conflict does arise, how do you handle it? What other thoughts do you guys have on win-win? Uh, for me, kind of building off what Jim was saying, I did, I thought, I thought it was the perfect progression. And thinking about a scenario where if you are prepared in adopting the first three habits going into a situation where win-win um, maybe is the outcome that needs to happen is going to be a whole lot easier if you've prepared by being proactive by beginning with the end of mind and putting first things first and again even just thinking about if two people go into a meeting where maybe there's a, a conflict that needs to be resolved or something that needs to be figured out and both have again adopted these habits that the outcome of that being win-win is going to be a whole lot easier to come to um, if they've taken the time to lead themselves and be proactive in their own yep. development. So I think it's almost near impossible if you don't already have the character strength that are built in one, two, and three, almost impossible to go into a situation with four, five, and six on your mind and be effective. Brown, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I think – um, chapter four, think when win or habit four is pretty refreshing, honestly, because in today's society, that's such an uncommon characteristic. Um, for the most part, I feel like life has became such a competition of who can do what and everyone on social media trying to look like they're the best. And there's all this uh, just competitiveness. So I think win win to me finding that mutual resolve and knowing that we can all succeed, we can all benefit. Um, honestly, it was a refreshing chapter for me. Yeah. So the one note I have on here, not the one note, I have several notes on here, but kind of going along with what you just said, it's like the competitiveness of the industry that we're in, athletics. Everybody wants to win. Even you guys, as you were summer interns, were trying to prove yourself so that you could be chosen for the coaching assistant spot. Um, so the mindset we have to have with win-win and seek first to understand and synergy is the abundance mentality that there's enough to go around. It's not you win 
and he loses or you lose and he wins. If we have the abundance mentality, that's not letting our ego get in the way. And we're working together to come up with a solution that's better than either party could come up with alone. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. I think too, because what I'm building off of that thought I had was at, like the abundance mentality piece. Um, it talked about like all the different traits, the character, like the character is the foundation of win-win. Talking about integrity, having integrity and having maturity, but then the abundance mentality. I think as a, even as I was thinking what you said just now about the, we're all competing for a CA spot and, and the dynamic of that. I think it's a misconception to say that um, the best way to achieve the outcome that you want is by, in a sense, like tearing other people down or focusing on other people losing. And the reality is in order for us to be successful in the summer of 2023 at, in this internship, like it took us working together. And so it's gonna show a whole lot more about who you are and who you're gonna be as a professional if you're able to work together with the people around you to to accomplish the goals that we had, which whether that was something simple like cleaning or working with the different teams that we were working with. Um, I think that, again, it's a misconception to say like win-lose is is in any way a, uh, a goal that we should have, whereas win-win, it's it yes it's going to mean that someone else is going to be successful in some ways but it's ultimately going to mean that you yourself are going to be way more successful as well so just some thoughts i had building up what you said no i love it and there is a talk that i like to re-listen to that the author um uh gives an example of where i'm trying to think of the exact example but it's like after he gave his spiel to a company one of the um, people that were there comes up to him and says, you know what? I like it. It sounds great, but it's just not realistic. It's like, we're all trying to compete. Somebody's going to have to lose. Like if we lower our prices on X, Y, and Z, our customers take us to the cleaners and you know, we don't turn a profit. It, it, his point was, is like, if you, let's just take your company and your customers, if you go win lose with your customers, your customers are going to get upset. They're going to leave you poor reviews. Uh, they're not going to be returning, if, and that's not good. If you go lose win, you give the customers the store. That's not going to be good for the bottom line. So the only realistic solution is win win. Um, mm -hmm. And it does take so much more time, energy, effort, focusing in on those first three habits to build those character traits. Um, but what I also like it that he brings about is when you think win-win, it's not just about being nice. I think he quotes uh, the saying like, nice guys finish last. It's like, you have yeah. to be nice, but then you also have to be courageous. You have to be empathetic, but you also have to show a great level of confidence. You have to be considerate, but then you also have to be sensitive and brave. And it's, it's that balance, the balance between this, the self-respect you have for your, for you, and then the respect you have for others and that those human interactions. And you only get to that point by really honing in on one, two, and three, and then start working on four, five, and six. I think that just so you guys are connecting the dots is that's why we cover one, two, and three with you during the summer, 
And then we really don't touch this book until, you know, January. So whatever that is, four months later. So you guys can really put into practice what we've taught you over the summer with one, two, and three. And then we can start working on four, five, and six. What other thoughts did you guys have? I like how you mentioned uh, lose win there quickly because I think at times I have a tendency to do that and be sort of a yes man in certain aspects. And also like in the book, how it mentions no deal. Like sometimes if you can't have a win-win, the other solution there is just a no deal. And it comes back to like being courageous, being brave. Um, it's not going to mutually benefit both of us. Sometimes your best option is, is no deal. I thought that was another interesting point he made in the book. Yeah, I like that. No deal. Win-win or no deal. And yeah. the, my biggest takeaway from that is as soon as you lay that on the table, then the manipulating stops. If you both parties minute, minute, uh, mutually want to work towards a solution, and we know if we don't, it's a no deal, then you're going to stop doing the shady business. You're going to stop manipulating and you're actually going to buy into the win-win concept. Hmm. What do you got, Meyer? I related this a lot to just working with the athletes. Um, you know, for everyone to be successful, especially if working with our teams, having the win-win mindset is very important because obviously I would like to win by doing a good job um, with my program, but if you know, for the athlete to be able to succeed as well, you know, some compromise has to be in there with regards to communication where, you know, if I want to do a certain movement, um, but maybe the athlete's not super comfortable with it uh, or they prefer something else, just having that understanding from their side of things rather than just thinking about what I want to do. Um, that way we can both work together to achieve a bigger goal. I like it. I like it. I think, um, you know, the biggest relationship I think of when I'm kind of trying to brainstorm some ideas with um, how win-win affects, affects us as a strength coach is with the strength coach, head coach, or sport coach relationship. Because, Brown, just like you said, a lot of the times it's the head coach comes to you and he or she says, I want this done. And too many times, strength coaches, without thinking, will say, yes, ma'am, or yes, sir. And they just go along with it. But if you actually put into play the habits that you, the habits that are laid out in this book, when those situations pop up, hopefully you have formulated your thoughts with those scenarios. And a lot of that comes with experience, just going through the 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 grind of this profession um but you're able to say hey let me think through that real quick or hey you know my goal was actually to go in this direction maybe can we rethink this come up with a win-win solution where we're, we're both on board and you will have some head coaches that don't really ask for your opinion they just bark out orders which is fine but coming back to habit number one with you being proactive You've got to make sure that you're just not a yes ma'am or or a yes uh, woman. You're you're somebody who thinks things through that has began with the end in mind that it is 
clear and confident with your thought process with your program so um as you guys go on in your career in singleton even as you go into student athlete experience it's important to pull from each experience that you go through as you're young but then also taking some initiative to be like okay i have this schedule in mind for my student athletes or this team in the weight room what if the coach does come back and says hey could we switch to X, Y, and Z? What is your response going to be? And if you're able to think through those things on the front end, you're able to respond in those situations in an appropriate manner as opposed to reacting to it out of emotion. Yeah, that's good. I, I have, again, I had a thought off of what you were saying. I think it's a really unique, uh, whether it's strength conditioning or student athlete development or any career within this field, I think being within college athletics is, is unique when talking about win-win because it's, I think, ultimately win-win at the center of win-win is the best for the student-athletes. And that's why everyone that's in these roles is doing what we're doing. Or hopefully that's, that's a key core component of why you're doing what you're doing um, is the work that you're doing ultimately for them to help them to be the most successful that they can be on and off the field. So that's a... I just think an important note to to talk about too is that the center of win-win, I think it's so easy in, in conversations with coaches or with other people within the athletic department to get caught up in our own jobs and our own desires and what we want and what we think is best. Um, but if we can keep at the center of it, student athlete and their success is the most important component and we wouldn't even have a job if there weren't student athletes here. Yep. I think That's you're dead good. on Singleton and note I wrote down is when you're young in your career, you think, you know, a heck of a lot more than you do know. Um, so I advice I could give my younger self would be watch your mouth when it comes to absolutes like, Oh, I would never do that. Or this has to be in my program. You got to be careful which hills you choose to stand on or hills you choose to die on. Um, got to be flexible. You got to be able to see the different perspectives. You know, I don't know why I enjoy doing it, but watching strength coaches on Twitter, like go back and forth on, you should Olympic lift. You should an Olympic lift. I would never do kipping pull-ups with my athletes. I only do Latin pull-down instead of pull-ups. And it's Watching people choose the hills that they're going to die on, it's it's interesting. And my takeaway from it is like, okay, I need to make sure that I am not going down this path in regards to where I'm going to be as a strength coach, even though I'm, you know, very much established in my career. I got to make sure that I keep an open mind. I got to make sure that if a head coach does come to me and says, hey, I would really like to incorporate this. But let me give you an example. Um, this happened uh, last week. One of our sport coaches came up to me and said, hey, I this athlete really needs to work on their grip strength. I want them to do the rice buckets, like rice in a bucket. You, you guys know what that is? Yes, okay. yes, yes. Um, super messy. Um, really don't even know what student athletes doing down there. My point to that coach was, this is what I he I'm hearing you say. I want to think uh, through a win-win scenario. You want this athlete to have a stronger grip, extensors, flexors through their digits, um, better forearm strength. 
How about I put together a program that tackles that? It might not have a rice bucket in it, but I promise you it will get the results that you desire. Can we agree on that? Oh, yeah, yes, bro. It sounds great. But if I was just a yes person and and I, all I said was, yep, let's just do it. Rice buckets. I don't know how to program rice buckets. I don't want rice buckets in the weight room. They're a mess to get like athletes pick their nose, put their hand down. Like that's filth. I don't want it. But the win-win scenario was like, all right, let me take a step back. Let me think through exactly what this coach is looking for. And then I can come up with a program that accomplishes the same goal. And you will find that some coaches come at you hard and they're like, I want this. Maybe it's because they did it with a previous strength coach or maybe they're a new head coach and uh, they did it at the previous school and they're just familiar with it. So yeah. you've been able to, you being able to have that maturity and that um, forethought, that forward thinking ability to come up with those solutions, whether in the moment or even having the courage to say like, Hey, coach, I get what you're saying. Let me formulate my thoughts. And can I get back with you in an hour or the next day or whatever it might be? I think that's um, what you need to be working towards as a young professional. Yeah, it's awesome. I think too many strength coaches get disgruntled because they hear a head coach give bark out an order. They don't have the maturity. They're not proactive. They are, they don't begin with the end in mind. They're not organized. They don't put first things first. And they're like, well, my head coach said I had to do this. So I got to do it. I was like, that's not, that's not a way to go through life. That's why a lot of strength coaches get out of this business because they're tired of people telling them what to do. When in all reality, if you are able to lead yourself, if you are able to have that forward thinking ability, the maturity, the courage to just say in a respectful way, hold your horses. Let's think through this together. How can we better come? How can we come up with a solution that both of us feel comfortable with? Takes time, takes energy, um, takes some courage, takes some confidence, but you're also very empathetic with, with the, the whole situation. Hmm. Yeah. And he actually talks about that song in chapter four of just being honest and being genuine. And I think it's sometimes, like you said, it's hard to be honest and have that like backbone. Uh, but in the long run, you'll probably gain more respect if you're actually uh, sharing your honest thoughts about things. Agreed. Agreed. Um, do you guys have any more thoughts or questions about Habit Four? I don't know. I'm good. All, All good. good. All good. All right. Well, once again, Singleton, super proud of you. We're getting the job at Clemson. We're going to miss you, but you're definitely going to be a part of that lineage of the people that have come through our program, done an excellent job, made an impact, moved on. You're still going to do incredible things. And, you know, you know this, but you'll always use us as a resource. And then we'll obviously use you as a resource as well. Um, with Brown and Meyer, you're stuck with me. So we will meet again next week. Um, to keep working on our programming project, but main message from the programming project, you guys are on the right track. Uh, just work with the notes that I gave you and just keep keep little by little knocking that out so you're ready for your programming defense. Sound good, guys? Oh, great. Thanks, Coach Perla. Thank you, awesome, Coach. guys. And that is our episode for today. I hope everybody enjoyed our conversation. 
If you have any feedback or comments, don't hesitate to email us at ukstrength at uky.edu. Thanks and go Cats.